Hi, this is Mark Jackson from the Orville, and you are listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. Great Scott! Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh, yeah! And you're in the right place. I'm going to make him an offer again. Life moves pretty fast. The Welcome to the Man Cave Chronicles. Happy holidays, everyone. I'm your host, Elias, and thank you for joining me for the last episode of 2018. Over this past year, I had so much fun recording episodes with all of my amazing guests. I'm thankful to each and every one of them for spending their time discussing their life, projects, and sharing their stories as well. Don't forget, you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram, at the MCC Podcast, and on Facebook, just by searching the Man Cave Chronicles Podcast. This week's guest, you've seen him on Seth MacFarlane's The Orville, who plays Isaac, the chief science officer of the ship, Mark Jackson. Enjoy the episode. It was fun talking to him. Mark, uh, welcome to the cave and Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for having me on. What's going on, man? What's new with you? Well, I've been back in the UK since we uh, wrapped on the second season in October. And uh, I got married recently, so that's kind of fun. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much. I've been enjoying uh, married life, and uh, yeah, I mean it's pretty pretty cold here in London, so I'm uh, I'm eating lots of hot food, lots <laughs> of beer and cheese. That that tends to be what happens when I come back to the uh, to the UK. Yeah, there you go. At least the beer keeps you a little bit warm. I think it probably does. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, it's cold here today too. I'm calling from uh, Massachusetts, and it's about oh, yeah. 25 degrees today. So it's pretty cold. Yeah, you. You guys get it really cold, actually. I don't know what I'm complaining about. It's just a bit wet here. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you've been busy with the Orville and everything, and we'll talk about that. But uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Where are you originally from? Well, so I am English, but it gets a bit confusing after that. Um, I was actually born in, in Holland, uh, in the Netherlands, Rotterdam. and uh, But that was two English parents. So uh, I kind of grew up in lots of different places because of my dad's. Uh, work um, in oil. So we, we moved to uh, Brunei, the tropics, like Borneo for eight years, back to England, then to Holland again, and sort of moved around quite a bit. And actually, when I left home, my parents continued to move around and went and lived in New Orleans for a while and oh, wow. Venezuela. And yeah, so we've always been sort of bouncing around the globe. Um, but I am definitely british so that's what i usually say (laughs) (laughs) so uh well how was it growing up in all those different areas well it was great and you know you really do get used to it so i kind of uh i kind of started to like having a new change every now and again uh, which is why it was very handy when when the orville came along because i've been living in london for 10 years and i was sort of getting the itch and uh and then the Orville came along, and I, I upsticked, up, up, up sticks. Is that right? Up sticks. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I upped sticks to LA, uh, which was a fantastic adventure. So I've, I've really enjoyed that uh, moving around the globe thing. Yeah. So you said, you know, you said Holland in England. I gotta ask. Uh, you must be a huge soccer fan. I'm from Greece, so you know, I grew up liking soccer and everything. So I assume you like soccer. Well, actually, this is this is mortally embarrassing, but I'm, I've never really followed it. Really? Uh, yeah, much to the chagrin of pretty much every cab driver uh, that I meet in the States. 
And uh, so many people, uh, like yourself, in fact. And uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've gone to football matches and I'm actually going to one because, of course, we call it football. Um, yeah. But I'm going to one on Boxing Day. Okay. And it's a really local, tiny team where, I, uh, where my, my dad is from called Tranmere Rovers. So we're going to go and see that. And uh, to be honest with you, every time I've gone, they've won. So I'm thinking I might be some sort of talisman. <laughs> good, uh, good luck, Charma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, I kind of like football. I particularly like watching it live. Um, but I'm not too fussed about following it and watching it on telly. Yeah. That's understandable. So, uh, <laughs> so as a kid growing up, what were you into? Well, I mean, sports-wise, I've always swum. That's been my big thing. Okay. Um, and uh, I know it's not, not a particularly sociable sport or, or contact sport in any way. Um, so uh, it's not very conventional in, in that sense. But uh, I've, I've always enjoyed it. And, uh, of course, growing up somewhere hot, and uh, we were all in the pool. Um, and then when I, I kind of got to being a young teenager, a tween, I, uh, I really got into um, competitive swimming. Wow. and uh, kind of enjoyed that. My mum, my poor mum, had to ferry me around to all these swim meets all the time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of training. You started early before school, and you did it after school as well. And I have no idea how I had the patience for it now, because uh, <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I did that. I think we were very much, like, outdoorsy kids when we were growing up. You know, I, was, I don't think I watched TV much, to be honest with you. Um, and of course there wasn't really English speaking TV in, in Brunei. So, um, so yeah, we were outdoors all the time. It was good weather. We had the jungle right at the end of our street. Um, you know, we were on our bikes and it sounds like a idyllic 1950s childhood, but <laughs> <There's> <laughs> it nothing, was sort no, of like there's nothing wrong 20, with that. <laughs> 30 years ago. Yeah. No, right. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that was all very fun. And, and I actually, I sailed when I was a kid. I sailed those tiny little, um, those tiny little boats that kids sail, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is great, and I really enjoyed that. And we used to, we used to do it in Brunei on this river huh. that ran through uh, uh, the local area, and it was, it was full of crocodiles. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I I kind of wasn't aware of it at the time, and now and again a local kid would sort of disappear down there. Um, but it's wow. funny, when you're young, you're quite brave, aren't you? Well, certainly braver than you are when you're an adult. So, um, <laughs> you, you wouldn't go on there now, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I would go nowhere near it now. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so, yeah, we were quite outdoorsy. Yeah. That, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So how did you decide uh, you wanted to get into acting then? I was kind of a late bloomer, really. I, I really wanted to be like a um, micro... A biologist or a, or something along those lines you know um i was quite an i was quite average or less than average academically so i can't see how that would have ever happened um so luckily when i was about 15 14 15 my uh i said this quite a lot now but my my girlfriend at the time dared me to audition for the school play which i did and i really enjoyed it um so it kind of just it kind of came around like that, really. I suppose I'd done a bit beforehand on, you know, like school, school concerts, and you get up and, you know, 
But my family have always said to me that I've got this weird smirk when I act, which I think is totally unfair. <laughs> and I probably lost when I was about 14. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, it was a, quite a late one for me. But, uh, yeah, once it, once, it, once it arrived, I was hooked. Yeah. So when you told your family you wanted to be an actor, what, were their, what was their reaction? Well, I, I think they could see it happening. Yeah. Um, you know, I was I was very much involved in any drama I could possibly get my hands on at school. And I guess when it came to university, um, you know, over here, it's very common for people who want to act to go to drama school, which is, it is usually a school completely dedicated to learning how to act, um, rather than just being part of a bigger thing. Um, but when I came to 18, <laughs> I said, you know, oh, I might, I could go to drama school, but... Um, they were like, well, why don't you go and get a degree first that you can fall back on? The classic line, isn't it? <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and we'll see how you feel in three years' time. So I did. I went and did English and, admittedly, drama at university. Um, and then at the end of that, I was like, right, so how do I become an actor? And, of course, I then had to go for another three years to drama school. So I had two degrees to my name and <laughs> nothing to show for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, you never know. It could be a fallback, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, England is pretty, uh, pretty famous for like theater stuff like that. I assume you, you did a lot of theater while you were uh, attending school. Yeah, I've done a lot of theater. It's, um, I mean, really, it's been uh, what I've done the most, uh, and it's very common here. Like, you know, uh, it's a bit of a different setup to the UK. I mean, uh, to the US. Sorry, I know that New York is a bit more similar, but. Actors in the UK will, can spend all their lives just doing theatre. It's, um, it's a career in itself. And, you know, telly and film is often seen as something you do sort of in addition. Um, so, yeah, I'd done a lot. I'd worked in the West End and sort of travelled the world with it, which was great, you know, because I have this travelling bug. And I always think it's the best thing if you can, if you can work and travel and obviously therefore get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's marvellous. Um, so yeah, uh, the theater was my background. It was my training and, um, it's very nice to meet in the U S actors who have never done it and have never sort of, um, had that training because you don't often meet them in the UK. It's a, it's a kind of different beast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had some guests that come on that are, they have done, they've done no theater at all and they actually want to go and do theater. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, theater and filming couldn't be more different. It's uh, it's chalk and cheese, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. like spending Christmas in L.A. and like spending Christmas in Massachusetts. You, yeah. you can't. You, they can't be more different. <laughs> You're right about that. Did you uh, did you do any TV uh, in the UK? I did bits and bobs. Yeah. Even I mean, you know, there's a. I I did a, a few things. And I did a few uh, sort of short films and a few like film projects but um i did i did a lot of very long theater contracts and uh they're incredibly time consuming okay you sort of need to give yourself you need to give your career a bit of space for tv and film work to really take hold and i was just diving into long theater contracts all the time which were fantastic i yeah. did warhorse on the west end uh, i traveled the world with one man two governors wow. um you know i i sort of traveled the country with um, an Agatha Christie murder play and they're all fabulous fun things to do but you know quite full time 
And it, it's interesting with the the UK and the US how you mentioned like the TV too. It's like they do series there, and it's only like you know five or six episodes a series. And you know you come here, and you, and you you come here to the U.S. and you're doing like twenty twenty two episodes. If it's on a major right. net, if it's on a major network, or you do ten or twelve episodes if it's on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Um, I you know the, the, for a Brit, the money that's involved in the industry over in the U.S. is uh, it, it's incredible. You know we uh, I, I hadn't realized until I came over just how much bigger the whole thing is than in the U.K. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's thrilling to be a part of it because you really do feel like so much more is possible. Um, but yeah, the UK, I mean, I, I think we've always, in the UK, we've always been very uh, proud of quality programming. Um, you know, and really, it's only, it's only, it only tends to be the really good stuff that actually gets made. Yeah. Um, so although it's harder to get things done, when they are done, they tend to be, you know, really, really quite yeah. uh, beautiful stuff. It's interesting. So, um, yeah, because like one of my favorite shows from the UK that I've watched is the IT Crowd. Oh yeah, yeah. great show. And it's and it's like, it you know it was only four four series I think and only a few episodes and I'm like I want more, <laughs> but they're not even going to do it yeah. anymore. <laughs> well, that would have probably taken four or five years to make. Exactly, because <laughs> I think I think they did a um, I think they did a special like a few years ago and that was it. Yeah, yeah, I know it's a shame, isn't it? Whereas with American shows, if the money's there, if the audience is there, they'll just yeah. go on forever, won't they? Oh, oh yeah. Um. So, <laughs> so tell us about the Orville and how did you, uh, how did you uh, get a call for that, and how did you audition for it? Well, like every other audition, it just came through my agent back in the UK, and um, you know, I mean, obviously it was, it, it was quite a special audition. Um, to go out to LA to work with Seth MacFarlane yeah. on his new show, sci-fi, comedy, I mean, you know, all these, all these brilliant words uh, <laughs> made me very excited. And it also made me work really hard on the audition. I thought, well, this isn't going to come up very often, so let's uh, really apply yourself to this. And, and I did, you know, I worked relentlessly on it for a few days and then, and then went uh, actually round to the casting director's uh, apartment because she'd only just set up by herself. Um, so uh, I went around there in her front living room and did a did a tape with her. And it was all it all sort of kicked in pretty quickly. Um, the audition went well; it felt right. And then um, we knew that Seth was interested within 24 hours, which was incredible wow. yeah. and completely absurd. <laughs> Uh, it felt very surreal. Um, that was good, and then, but it did take about six weeks for the offer to come through. So there was sort of lots of uh, conversations being had about it. I guess I don't know. No one ever tells the actor anything. Did you have to audition in front of Seth MacFarlane too? No, no. no? In fact, when I came over to do the job, it was the first time I'd met anybody. Um, I hadn't, I hadn't auditioned in the states at all. So. Um, so that was all. Uh, that was all quite an adventure, I guess yeah. you might say. That, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> so when you heard about the project, I assume that you were excited because you you had to work with Seth. Uh, were you like a, a Family Guy fan? Did you watch Family Guy at all, or his other projects? Oh my done? God! Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Every day for the last ten years. Yeah. Um, I watched it last night before I went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I love it. I and American Dad is they're, they're both. 
they're sort of like, I mean, I also grew up watching The Simpsons, obviously. Um, and they, you know, American Dad, a family guy, definitely provide that same hit, that same sort of satisfying story time that you get from The, uh, from the Simpsons. Yeah. So uh, they've become an essential part of my life, really. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you play. What's weird is I can work all day on set with Seth, all the writers, yeah. Scott Grimes, who's an American dad, all these people, <laughs> and then go home and watch it and not like connect the two in my head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Very weird. So you yeah. play you play Isaac, and he's a he's a robot, correct? Well, I mean, we like the term artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. Now, <laughs> <laughs> so how did you prepare for that role? And tell us about the character. Well, I mean, how can you prepare for that role? It's yeah. weird, really. Uh, I'd never played AI before or anything like it. Um, and, you know, in a way, what was quite nice about this is we could sort of, you know, originate the whole part our, ourselves and kind of do what we wanted, which was great. Um, I mean, obviously, when I saw it, when, you know, the costume came along and all that, 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 made, that made a lot of decisions quite easy to make. Um, you know, one can do so much when one is given one's costume. So I, I, you know, I thought that it sort of it made me stand in a in a certain way, maybe move in a certain way. That kind of yeah. informed the way he operated, really. Um, and obviously, then there's a the script, and the script for him is very dry. Um, you know, he's got he's certainly got an agenda, and he's very curious and. Uh, you know, I think I think his character came across very strongly on the page. So it was it was quite simple for me to sort of put them put all those pieces together yeah. and uh, create Isaac. Yeah. I think I think he's evolved a bit. You know, um, certainly in in season two, I feel like he's kind of come into his own a bit more. Um, yeah, you kind of yeah, you kind of can make him you know make him your own also. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I feel like like he has become more uh, become more. You know, what can I say? Uh, yeah, I've made him more of my own in the second season. It's a confidence thing. I think with every part, you know, actors need to get confident. Yeah. And once they do, you know, magic can really happen. So when you first saw the yeah. co- when you saw when you first saw the costume, what was your reaction? Well, I'd I'd seen like designs of it. Okay. Uh, before I'd come to LA, because I met with Howard Griffith, the uh, the fantastic designer, uh, um, well, one of the designers in the costume, Joseph Poro, designed the costumes. But uh, Howard uh, Berger, sorry, not Griffith. <laughs> Howard Griffith is our producer. This is getting very confusing. Anyway, Howard Berger, I met with um, when he was in London working on uh, one of the Transformers movies, and uh, he showed me the designs over breakfast and. Well, they were just really exciting. I mean, what's great about Isaac is he's so weird looking and acting. Um, and it's just nice to have something quite odd yeah. to play with, you know? Yeah. So can you walk us through the process? Like, How long does it take you to suit up for the when you're getting ready to go film? I mean, like five minutes. Really? So quick. Wow. Yeah. Um, there's bits and bobs that need to be attached and, you know, it comes in layers. But it really is so well designed. Uh, and it just kind of slips on and yeah. slips off, which is great because yeah. then I can go swimming at lunch. <laughs> Kid, um, do you have a favorite scene that 
you uh, that you played in as Isaac? Um, it's, it's, you know what? It is really hard to remember <laughs> all the scenes yeah. after uh, filming for seven months. Uh, I get to do some really cool stuff in uh, the second season. Um, I did in the last one as well. Um, and, you know, all my stuff with the kids and Claire and the planet and the aliens and the shooting and all that kind of stuff, it, it's so fun to do. Yeah. And there's so many nuances within his relationship with the kids and all the other members of the crew, you know. <laughs> I think they're probably my favorite. Yeah. How would you like, so how would you describe this show to the listeners that some of them haven't watched it? Right, okay. Well, it's um, set 400 years in the future. It's about an exploratory union vessel called the Orville that goes out there to, uh, well, to do some boring tasks like ferry cargo around, but also to do things like make new contact with alien races and, and uh, you know, and exchange ideas and bring about peaceful contracts between warring factions and i think basically that the orville the orville's uh, jobs are endless and the ship is staffed by a crew of eight including isaac who is the uh, the science officer of the ship um our captain is ed mercer played by the wonderful seth McFarlane. and uh, isaac actually comes from the planet kalon so he's he's there as an, as an ambassador um but also to gather information and send it back to Kalon. Interesting. So, um, would you say it has kind of a, like, I grew up in the 80s, stuff like that, a little Star Trek feel to it? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it's really drawn on the best bits of Next Generation uh, and a bit of Voyager, I guess, but mostly uh, Generation. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we stand on the great shoulders of these uh, fantastic shows. Yeah. You know, I think rather than uh, deny and shy away from influences, it's best to embrace them and run with them. Um, so, yeah, I feel like we've got some great, great elements of Star Trek involved. And I think the fans love us for it. Yeah. You know, were I was. You, were, you, been, were you a so, fan of Star Trek? Yeah, big yeah. time. Okay. And in fact, yeah, Seth and I sort of bonded over it when, when he first called. Uh, me while I was still in the UK before I came over. Yeah. Um, so you know that's kind of fun, and I, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who worked on Star Trek working on Orville, which is great. Wow. So we have you know we have that um, that love for the genre everywhere on set. Hmm. Well, Seth is a huge uh, Star Wars fan too. Did you enjoy Star Wars? I do, and I'm yeah. still enjoying it. I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm thoroughly uh, enjoying every film that comes out. Yeah. As I am uh, the new Star Trek Discovery, I think it's brilliant. Um, been watching that. No, I watched all of it. So looking forward to the next season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm quite dedicated to the genre itself. And I like to read it as well, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, obviously, it's a dream come true to be actually in it as well. Yeah. <laughs> So how is it working like right next to Seth? I mean, I, I consider Seth a genius when it comes to what he's done in his career. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's very, very, very hard working. And it just makes, it makes you realize how hard you do have to work to, to gain genius status. Yeah. <laughs> he's, um, 
he's hardworking. He sometimes seems to have the whole world on his shoulders because he does so many different things in the show. He acts, writes, produces, directs. I mean, he's showrunner. He's just everything, you know? Yeah. Um, and he can sing, too. But he manages it. <laughs> and he can sing, yes. He does sing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, he's a brilliant singer. Well, he does all those things on the side, including American Dad and Family Guy and everything else. So, you know, he's just always busy. I doubt he sleeps at all. Um, he must have, like, I don't know, caffeine injections every day just to get just to get up. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know, I take my hat off to him. I'm so full of admiration for how uh, hard he works and how he pulls it off. Yeah, you're right. You know, he does it pretty effortlessly. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. So you've worked hard at your whole career. What do you think is the biggest impact that's been in your career so far? What has impacted my career... In to the biggest the, way, you mean? To this point, yeah. Like, uh, do you think the Orville is the your biggest impact right now? Oh, right. Well, I think I certainly think Orville has meant people have seen the most people have seen my work yeah. uh, compared to other shows that I've done. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Orville Orville was a crazy turn in my career, which I've 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 enjoyed every moment of. Um, so yeah, I'd say I'd say Orville is probably the. Uh, the uh the biggest one for me so far yeah, yeah. are you uh, are you enjoying living uh, in la now yeah well i'm sort of back and forth really which is kind of the best of both worlds yeah um i haven't been in la since uh since october but i'm kind of missing it so i'm probably gonna be popping back in january i think you don't have to go back uh for uh the december 30th release to promote it I'll uh, I'll I'll actually be on my honeymoon, so oh. I, I I won't be in LA. <laughs> right. Are you going anywhere good? Uh, yeah, we're going to Thailand. Oh, nice. Fantastic. How long are you going there for? A couple of weeks, you know. Yeah. So when people come up to you and they want to tell you they want to be an actor, what do you say to them? Yeah, I say go for it. Um, it's an incredibly rewarding thing to do. It does take, you know, some endurance. And it's not right for everybody. And it's often not right for people who think it is right for them. But the only way to try uh, to, to find that out is to try it. So I say, yeah. You know, I, there's, there's, there's various ways of doing it in the UK. And even those are changing since, since I started out. Um, but, you know, you just need to make sure that you, A, believe in yourself. And you have people around you who believe in you. And... Uh, and yeah, you can have a hell of a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Don't expect any money <laughs> to begin with, certainly, um, or any any breaks. But uh, if you persevere with it and and you really think it's right for you, then yeah, it can it can work out. And of course, you've got to think of it as a uh, as a as a career, as something that you you know you you need to do for the rest of your life, rather than just flash in the pan moments. Yeah. But you also want to enjoy it at the same time. Yeah, what was the point in doing it if you don't? Exactly. Where do you see Mark Jackson in 2019? In 2019? Yeah. Where do I see Mark Jackson? I don't know. Uh, well, probably going back and forth between L.A. and London, like <laughs> I've been doing so far, racking up those air points. Um, I might be able to buy a house one day with the air points. Can you do that? Maybe I'm not sure. I'll uh, I'll keep on flying and see what happens. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I mean, enjoying married life, like figuring out what we want to do for our uh, for our near future. I mean, what's great is I've got some fantastic management in in the states and in the UK. So working with them on new projects is brilliant. I've got a few things in the pipeline which I'm just waiting uh, to solidify, and then I can start telling people about them. But um, yeah, I'm 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 wanting to build on the momentum that the Orville has brought me and kind of continue having fun with some great people and making some wonderful friends like I have been on the Orville. Yeah, that's great. Uh, lastly, is there anything else you want to tell the listeners before we end this? Well, watch season two. Expect the unexpected. You are going to be so entertained. Uh, the show literally has been blown up 20-fold because we've taken everything up a huge amount of gears. And uh, I think you're going to have a great time. All right. And um, how can the listeners find you on social media? So on Twitter, I am at Mark Jackson Acts. And then on Instagram, I am the Mark Jackson. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Just to confuse you. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, you know, it's funny how we can with social media. You, You can always try to get the same handle, but somebody else has it. Well, my name is pretty common, I think. Your name is really (laughs) common. Yeah. (laughs) All right, I want to thank you for coming on. This was fun. Oh, yes. Pleasure. Thank you so much.